so gassy this morning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chapter 6 of Tops, Bottoms, and Side Pockets. I'm Cody Gold. I'm Chris Murphy. And I'm Sean Drummond. And we are so excited. Now, before we get started, I need to do a little recap yeah, of Chapter 5, because I literally, this has been a week, y'all. It's literally been a week. So, Chapter 5 was yeah. the Artie chapter. Oh, no. Artie. Oh, God, I miss him already. Yeah, like it was it was his first like adult romantic love, and remember he was taking care of them. He was kind of becoming. He was paying for Sandy. And oh, and then she was in the hospital. She was in the hospital. She got to get her uterus cleaned. So we lost Artie. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly. <laughs> what I feel like that's not what happened. I don't but think we'll that's just what we'll just go with it. <laughs> so, but then but then Robin was forced to make the choice, kind of yeah, Sandy or Artie, and he chose, and he chose wrong. But okay, well, you and I disagree on. that. We definitely do disagree um, because I think that well, anyway. We'll get into it later. But I just think that Artie should, you know, be supportive of a family. And, and Sandy is so clearly. And I just think Sandy is bringing him down and not letting him live his best gay life. Chapter 6. I told Sandy we could make it if we moved to a cheaper apartment. There were a million couples in Los Angeles who got by on $87 a week take-home pay. We both had a stock of clothes from the more affluent days, and a used car dealer sold me an old sedan for $25 down and $10 a month. So we moved. It was back to a two-room cave, but the difference in Sandy was immediate. She still turned a trick or two a day because she had almost a clientele with a bar on the boulevard, but these were easy for her. She knew the men, she didn't have to face the fright of propositioning some clown who might turn out to be hung like a three-day bellyache. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> mid-sentence stop. We're stopping mid-sentence. That, wow, hung like a three-day bellyache. That's the one you can feel right up in the lungs. Yes. Y'all. Just, ugh, you think it's just going to come out your throat. <laughs> I have, well, I, this happened about a month ago when I was in a, a little bit of a sexual caper. Ooh, <laughs> I, was, I love a good I was unzipping caper. a man, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I was unzipping him, and I saw... His penis, and I just had to zip it back up and say, "Get out of my fucking home!" (laughs) I couldn't handle it. It You You know what I mean? I've I've experienced that, but I don't know. Sean's about to be like, "I've never turned down a (laughs) bellyache." I dated a guy at one point, and I used to say that... His this is such a tangent. I'm so sorry. No, but this is... Exactly. This is what this podcast is for. No, because I say that his penis was like a laptop. Like, that's... Oh, God. Like, oh, my God. As in that wide and thing? <laughs> that irreconcilable with the holes of my body. <laughs> Just imagine trying to shove, like, even an airbook up inside. An airbook. Not even a MacBook. Oh, a MacBook Pro would be worse, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's how I felt. And so I had to, I had to be like, this isn't going to work. And so I, I feel her pain. Oh, oh my god! Every time we would like fool around, I felt like I was on like a jungle gym. Like I was just <laughs> <laughs> swinging from the monkey bars. Swinging, like <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it must be so hard to live that way, though. I mean, like think about it. Don't you sort of feel bad for those men? It just. I mean, I don't because I think that they have fun, and I think there's definitely there, I mean, a generation <laughs> of children being born to handle <laughs> the market. <laughs> they do. There, yeah. There's, there's a they have their own clientele, like Sandy has their own clientele. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm not sorry. I will not apologize for this conversation. <laughs> Hung like a three day bellyache, or possessed of a mother hatred he'd take out on her. She eased up on the beer simply because we didn't have the money for a twelve can a day habit. I liked my job. 
The six men who hustled the merchandise in and out of freight and delivery trucks left me alone. I had an old desk piled high with invoices and bills, and I learned to use the old adding machine and the typewriter. The days went by easily, and in three months, I was manager of the warehouse with a $20 a week raise. I met a lot of new people, mostly men and women who ate lunch in the beanery a block away from the warehouse. They were rough and gay, but it was friendly kidding, which acknowledged my swish but didn't hurt my feelings. In retrospect, it seemed to me that I came of age on that job. I had for years considered my sexual tendencies as a badge of difference which extended far beyond my choice of lovers. It came to me slowly that I was a man with a private program of sex which had nothing to do with what the world expected of me. I might also say that I was lucky because I'd been jerked off the emotional downgrade before I could form a habit of self-pity. It also changed my outlook on love. Lack of any real security had me go into every hotel room or apartment looking for a true love. When they turned out to be mere excursions into professional lewdness, I added a new scar to the one Artie had left. With the job to support the refrigerator and Sandy to take care of the home fires, I didn't push so hard. Just as I had eventually taught Artie that he was a real homosexual, that warehouse taught me I was really a man. Interesting. You know, this is an important moment in his life. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, gay, straight, whatever, however you identify. It's that moment when you sort of, like, transition out of that, like, romantic concept of, like, love and what your life is going to be like. You like, you know, like, that narrative that we're all sold. Yes. And you kind of get real about things, mm -hmm. which I think is the healthy I also it's think healthier. it's so common for especially young gay men to be crazily emotionally and like philosophically intelligent and at the same time like so emotionally <laughs> dumb as but also just like not know how to do their taxes yes like, oh my god I don't have any skills that is nothing practical no practical skills. why do you think we can all do this at 1.30 in the afternoon <laughs> on a Thursday at 1.32 <laughs> on a Thursday because we don't have jobs and we don't know how to do anything we have no practical skills but I agree with you I mean it's like that it's an in, it's always an interesting balance when you encounter queer people who are like some of the most emotionally intelligent people in the world, but like you know, useless. <laughs> God damn, useless. useless. And I think we all sort of share that yeah. <laughs> in 2017. And it's nice to see that there's a long history of that being true. I began to look upon my sexual preferences as a possession, not a blight. The few week-long love affairs I had left no hurt because I didn't enter into them like Mabel from the Moss Fields. <laughs> I love alliteration. <laughs> Mabel from the Mosfield. A little giggle for alliteration, y'all. One night, Sandy stumbled home about 11, as nearly dead as a woman ever gets. Three tough kids had caught her passing an alley. They dragged her into the shadows, choked her into a state of near insensibility, and ripped her dress from neck to hem. With systematic brutality, they had taken turns raping her rectally and had done everything to her weary body three husky kids with mean in their blood could think of doing. They had left her on the dirty concrete with bleeding breasts, severe intestinal lacerations, and one of her own high-heeled pumps shoved as far into her sex organ as it could be stuffed. <gasps> oh, oh my, my God, God, Sandy! That's so sad and so terrible. Jesus, that's graphic. That's so gra- that is- Oh, God, my stomach hurts. She had crawled out to the street, and a cab driver she knew had spotted her. 
He had brought her home and helped her up the one flight of stairs to our door, then left in righteous fear of being caught in the middle of a mess. A doctor patched her up, but she was in bed for nearly three weeks. Two things happened during that time. The fear she had generated following the operation was augmented by another fear, which was reasonable if considered in the light that a whore deals only in men. The other thing was that her hair, untouched by bleach, grew out an inch of light brown and pure white in a mad mixture I thought was nice. When I put my foot down on her ever working the streets again, she pretended to be reluctantly convinced. And when I insisted she let her hair grow out in natural color, she protested but agreed. Letting the brown and gray grow out was something like a surrender in her private battle with the world. One of the things we talked about during those weeks was ourselves. Up to then, we were both able to go our separate ways if we so chose. With Sandy so frightened she couldn't think of hitting the bricks, her independence was gone. Mine was getting stronger, more clearly defined. I promised her that as long as I lived, I'd never let her down or run out on her. Wow. Wow, this is like the total the shift, shift of the narrative. The shift. And honestly, I know I've been so critical of Sandy, but I really, I feel so bad. Obviously. I mean, it just shows that, like, I mean, you know, of all, like, the misogyny that we've, like, encountered in this Mm -hmm. book so far, you know, at least this is kind of, like, a real moment of, like, showing the brutality that is, you know... And then how dangerous, like, their line of work is. Well, not always, but... But it does show, like, sort of the darker... Side. This just sounds like three assholes who just like cornered a woman. Yes, who were. Rapists. I don't think it has three anything rapists. to do with her being a sex worker, but well, I would say how unprotected she was. Yes. The fact that like this man picked her up in a cab and like couldn't even stay with her because yeah. he was afraid of... of getting involved in the situation. Yeah, they're now. In a... I mean, they've been inextricably linked, Robin and Sandy, but now this has just taken them to a whole new level, and I don't know. It like. It's sad how, and sort of beautiful, how tragedy can link two people together. Anyone who knows anything about homos knows about their tendency to be gushing and endearing. (laughs) That's fucking true. (laughs) By then, Sandy was able to listen several notes below the music. For the first time in over five years, she went to sleep with her head on my shoulder instead of my face on her breast. So now he's taking care of her, and it's, yeah. he is <clears throat> sort of returning the favor. He saved her. Well, and I think that's going to teach him a lot, because Robin has been really taken care of, mm-hmm. and so I think this is just another component of his, like, maturation. Absolutely. <laughs> and I sort of forget that, like, in the arty years, they grew apart. Like, he... I'm sure. That was three years, That yeah. was three fucking years. We did that in, like, a chapter, but that's a long time. Yeah. So, I I haven't even been in the city for three years. But there's going to be a conflict coming up. As Robin becomes more independent, she's, I mean, you know. She now needs him to survive. Like, absolutely, like, 100%. We moved again, largely to get out of the mid-Hollywood area where we were both so well-known. I rented a three-room apartment just off of La Cienega. It was a little farther from my beloved warehouse, but Sandy loved it, and I was pleased by the raise in standard. The apartment was average for tenants. There were a couple of my brothers, three or four call girls, and a sampling of Los Angeles working people. No one thought a thing about my nearly gray sister and me. In fact, everybody thought it was real sweet that Sandy had dedicated her life to taking care of her gay brother. Oh, now they're siblings. They're a family. 
What I knew about women, you could balance on a sharp thumb. Yeah, that is goddamn true. Uh, this bitch doesn't know one moment of self awareness. One moment of Robin, of Robin being self aware. I'll take it. Sandy bought a bathing suit with a cleverly built-in brazier and started to lie around the apartment pool. Her hair grew out and was mostly gray, with streaks of black. Any beauty operator would have charged fifty bucks for reproducing. She picked up some weight, and a bit of bounce came back to her figure. Never a dirty talker, she made hay out of a couple of middle-aged bachelors in the building. At every opportunity, they knocked themselves out to buy her a drink, help her in and out of the pool, and try to coax her into bed. Now, see this fantasy, I live for. You know, you know, I told about I told the, the already fantasy was my of being like taken out into a garden and yes. sort of romance away. No, this is my this fantasy. is it. Lounging, Lounging by, by pool, pool side, having a middle-aged man offered by nature. Yeah, and having beautiful pool. Stacey London gray black hair. <laughs> yes, Stacey London. <laughs> I miss her. What is no, she up Stacey, to? Stacey, if you're listening, yeah. um, we love I you. love. I'm glad that this is turned positive. Yes, I'm really. I'm she's for my girl right. Sandy, who mm. I have always championed. You stand for her, and I've been a little. I've been a little critical, but I'm also happy for her. Yeah, as we say, you hate women too. <laughs> this is not not true. <laughs> They both thought that she slept in our one bedroom and I slept on the living room daybed, which is probably what we should have done. She came onto me like a tigress. At first, I thought the boys around the pool just got her steamed and she was taking it out on me. Then I decided it was just her misguided way of trying to show me how much she appreciated her new way of life. Eventually, it dawned on me she was just a female, totally unconvinced that there was such a thing as a man who preferred men to women. With her experience, she did it laughing and scratching, but the deep underlying purpose was there. We had enjoyed a degree of intimacy for years that married couples never approach. We had lived together for months on end without a single sexual interlude, but we handled each other in the course of taking care of one another. Whether it had been an electric shaver on my hairy hide or Noxima on her roughed-up crotch. Ah, uh, wow, absolutely. Wait, so is he saying that she's? I think she's trying to like start up the sexual relationship. I think she's again. trying to fuck again, which oh, I don't love. I don't love to hear that. No, we don't need. We don't need to come back to this moment. They were going. So Three well. seconds ago, we were doing brother and sister. It was so cute, and now and this he's is so sad. he's so centered in his queerness that I feel like her trying to do this is just going to drive them apart. Where, but like, there are no questions in his mind anymore. Do we think you know that I mean? Sandy is like actually like in love with him in like a romantic? I think that way? this book kind of teases out the um, complicated. Well, you go ahead. The like very blurry lines between different types of love, like mm. you know basic people always talk about how different languages have like a million different words for love but basic people sorry <laughs> yeah I know I was about to be like <laughs> you just have to call that basic people no like if I hear like one more person be like in Greek there's seven different kinds of love can you compare the love that he has for Charlie to the love that he has for Louie to the love that he has for Artie to the love that he has for Sandy like mm. yeah no it's really there's true. a way by which like none of those are the same word and yet they're all the same word and I think that that that's what's kind of complicated about his and Sandy's relationship. Yeah, and too, mm-hmm. like, I think it speaks again to the relationships that are often forged between queer men and straight women, and how, like, there's oftentimes, like, a really strong, especially in the early days of one's, like, sexuality, like, there's mm-hmm. there are such strong emotional feelings, and it gets really muddled 
and confused sometimes. But you know? he doesn't seem confused anymore. He no, but on both, not just on the man's part, but on like the woman's part mm-hmm. too. And like it goes back and forth. And I think this is a moment in which like the pendulum has swung, swung onto her because side. and also being taken care of is when you're being taken care of by someone. It's so easy to fall in love with that person. Oh, absolutely. You know? Oh, also, remember when he was madly in love with yeah, her? Yeah, yes, that's like exactly. 20 pages ago? Absolutely. Yeah. Which, okay, now I have another Three years question. and one <laughs> week ago. <laughs> yeah, true. Wait, okay, which of all of his great loves do you think is the most real thus far? We are not even halfway through this book. I know, but I want to I wanna get, like, at the... The halftime, what do they call it in sports? Halftime? You know what? The halftime update of like which love? I think the thing is, is that he hasn't met his greatest love yet. Mm, it's his gonna greatest be love of all? Himself. <laughs> and then Excuse me while I go sings. kill myself after oh, that sentence. Sorry, it's true. Whitney Houston literally sings about The greatest that. love of all is easy to achieve. Okay, um, I would say, well, no, I want to go more literal. I like picking the best. I'm like one of those, mm-hmm. I love a word choice. I like picking the best. And so far, I think... Mm, this might be controversial. You're about to say Charlie. <laughs> you know I, I stand for Charlie, you stand for Sandy. No, I'm going to go Louis for like his most purest, deepest love thus far. I think they all have sucked, but they've all taught him something. <laughs> that's fair. Sean, what do you think? Like all boys, they have all been the worst. Oh, yeah. God, that's true. But Louis has been the best worst. Yeah, that's true. Louis just emotionally and physically manipulated him. And destroyed him. him. Yeah. So I think that was the deepest. We love the ones who destroy us the most. Oh, God. Can't get over those. Well, never. I don't even want to get over the person who destroys us. You would just like Louis because he's Xavier. Oh, that's that's not untrue. <laughs> that is not untrue. <laughs> I like that we're, rec- that we're rewarding people who have listened to every episode. <laughs> I know. Yeah. With these- P- pick out the Easter eggs, y'all. <laughs> the callbacks. Kristen Grayo, if you're listening, <laughs> message me when you hear this girl. <laughs> we love you. I had never known her to have a love affair, past a few days of eagerness about some fellow she had met in a bar. By her own statement, she had orgasm occasionally, when her particular mood and physical sensitivity allowed some pleasant trick to slip up on her. My guess would have been that Sandy let herself go on the average of once or twice a month. Now she came up with the kittenish bit that as long as I'd cut her off by not letting her work, it was up to me to trip her trigger when she needed it. Alliteration again, trip your trigger. I don't feel like that's the problematic <laughs> part of that sentence, but... Give it to Augie, I told her. He about jumps out of his swim trunks every time he sees you in that orange bathing suit. I'm no chippy, she snapped. Anyway, it's your job. You know what I think about that kind of sex. I didn't ask you to think about it. I asked you to give it to me when I need it. You'd rub my back if it ached, wouldn't you? More like I'd tell you to take two aspirin. Take two aspirin now. (laughs) (laughs) Take two aspirin. I like that he's like holding firm though. I know. Please, baby, help mama, she pleaded. When I told her it might go soft about the time she needed it most, she told me I could close my eyes and think of Artie. Oh, no, 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 baby. I was almost convinced she did need me, until in the middle of a try, it seemed to me she was bouncing a lot harder and carrying on a good deal more than what was called for. What she was really trying to do was to bring me off, not herself. I suppose she thought that if I could get even a little kick out of sexual intercourse with her, I'd develop a habit. I had long ago developed some habits of my own. One of them was keeping an erection as long as some fish-eyed businessman wanted to play with me. Physically, I was just like any other man of 25. 
I could hold up as long as there was enough irritation to keep sending messages to my nervous system. And unless I thought negatively, I was good for an indefinite period of time. Science. 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 (laughs) (laughs) This bitch with one word every once in a while. (laughs) It's important. Science is important, guys. I connect with this, though. Cody can keep going. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. It's just like your synapses and I just mean science. (laughs) I just mean to say that I think there are lots of ways in which you can like trick your body into like maintaining interest, even when the person is a dope, a dud, and a doozy. You know, a dope, dud, and I'm sorry, you got me on that alliteration train, girl. (laughs) And I'm so happy we're on it. But he can't trick himself with Sandy because it's just not there. So I let Sandy work until she was perspiring, panting, and worn to a frazzle. I'm sure she did not have orgasm or even approach a climax. In the end, I left her lying on the bed, took a shower, and went out. She tried again in a day or so, but it was useless because I wanted it to be useless. After that, she dropped back into her old, familiar ways and let me alone. I didn't doubt that at 37, Sandy needed a man like any other warm-blooded woman. But I wasn't the man. Augie kept on trying, but I don't think he ever made the grade with Sandy. If anyone did, I never knew about it. Oh, God, I just want her. Here's here's what I want for Sandra. Mm. I'm going to call her Sandra. Sandra. She is a woman now. She's earned it. (laughs) I want her to be walking outside of their apartment complex and to catch the eye of a friendly landscaper. And I want him to have, like, a thick mustache and to just take her out to dinner at, like, whatever equivalent of an Applebee's would have been yeah. in 1964. Yeah, do they have the Outback Steakhouse? I want a quiet, simple romance. Oh, I just got chills. And this is really getting me... Sandy is giving me... Or Sandra, as we're calling her. This is so somewhere that's green. She's such an Audrey from Little Shop, and I just want her to find her Seymour. And Robin is not her Seymour. But he's <laughs> the closest thing. He's... she. It seems to me that he's the closest thing to, like, an open, emotionally available, honest man that she has encountered. He's ever run at. <laughs> and, wow, you know... Ride this little shot. And I don't, and I don't, and I don't know if that's um, because she's afraid to engage with straight men in that way or what, what it is, but... Well, she's yeah. only ever had dentists. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really deep in this little shop metaphor, <laughs> and I apologize if no every single I was guy listening, who listens to this. Knows I was listening shop. to Ellen, Ellen Green, Ellen Green, Ellen Green. Green. I was on like yeah. a YouTube wormhole. Girl, if you're listening, <laughs> thank you. You're a star, Ellen. Ellen Green is hundred percent the right person for this. Podcast. Oh, she yeah, would yeah, she die is a key demo, <laughs> key demo, target audience. Ellen Green. We're all wearing Audrey's blonde wig right now, by the way. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I met Scotty when my firm decided to enlarge its warehouse facilities. Yes, Scotty. Scotty is a great name for Robin. Hot name, too. It's totally hot. Like, like, mostly... I'm going to do some predictions. (laughs) Just based off the name. Hit me. Mostly a top, but is down to bottom because he's playful. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, like, he probably played volleyball in high school. (laughs) So he has, like, a nice lean build, but hasn't really kept up with it into his 20s. Is he's he older or younger than Cody? Cody is literally <laughs> Cody is literally just describing right now a Scottish terrier. <laughs> <laughs> I think I a dog. I think he is. If he's not the same age as Robin, he's maybe a year older. Okay, or a year younger. Like he's around the same age, and he um, is a vodka drinker and maybe has one too many sometimes. But mm. keeps but it's it fun about it. But it's f- so fun about it. <laughs> <laughs> literally a Scottish terrier, not a man. Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. 
Yeah, and continue. and I think that he has. I think that he does have black hair, like a Scottish Terry would. Okay, that's fair. I'm sorry that I had to do that. No, this is important. I want to see if it scans. He was a consulting engineer with the architectural firm hired to do the planning. Scotty was just my age, a boisterous, big-handed darling with a ready laugh and a slicing wit. Okay, I was right. Okay. Well, we'll see about the physical Big-handed darling? That's amazing for setting and hunting or whatever you do. <laughs> and it's definitely a first top thing, too. Well, for sure. Big-handed darling. The second day he was on the job, he asked me to go to lunch with him in front of the tight-breasted Mexican girl who was now my secretary in the warehouse office. He has a secretary! Oh, she has a secretary, though! Someone to do the typing! Oh my god, well, he doesn't go anywhere, so I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, what does he do? I don't understand. You know that she knows all the secrets, too. Oh. Like, she might have written this book. She, I, if, if Robin does not know how to She's Leland Garner, I swear to God. <laughs> if Leland Garner is a woman... No, we, mm. do we know? Do we? Leland Women don't know? write books. <laughs> That's a takeaway from Not this in the seventies. Okay. <laughs> Marie was cute, pouty, and a wiggler. Why not me? She asked Scotty. He slapped her on the bottom and laughed like a pirate. I already know what you have. He replied. Anyway, we have to talk about moving some of those racks in the back half of the building. Come on, Robin. I'll pop for the tab. Together, he was softer and gentler. He was simply a loud, robust version of Louis. I told you, and we come back to Louis. Did I not say that Louis is the top and we're back to Louis? Okay, I just had to, like, prop myself up for a second. Scotty had told me he had gotten a thing on boys when he was in the service. Yes! Gays in the military. Thank you for your service. Mm. He had begun on a Korean youth who did odd jobs around their relatively isolated outpost. During a short stretch in a hospital in Japan, he had found a Canadian corpsman at the military installation. He admitted that he also liked girls, but they didn't like him. Not after a date or two. Scotty even laughed, describing how some of the girls flipped when he tried to sodomize them. He was a confirmed pederast by experience and preference. If I hadn't been so head over heels in love with the big laughing man, I'd have been scared to death. I had perverted my backside a hundred times or more, but contrary to popular opinion, this is not universally the sexual method most homos prefer. Normally, by the tumultuous emotional desire a love created, it didn't matter a great deal what it was I did. There had been times when I deliberately cultivated sodomy, not because it was exceptionally pleasant, but because it was a gesture of complete surrender to a love. To fall in love with a man who was addicted to the act was like putting in your reservation at a hospital. Oh, <gasps> well, goodness. now I agree with that 2,000%. Particularly if he got himself a laptop. Yeah, a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I, but laptop. you know, that's, and that's, you know, I feel like we just ride on total tops every episode, but <laughs> I think that, well, ride and ride. ride and but ride. <laughs> mm, but I think that's too. totally true. I love what he's saying. It's like, you know, it's such... It is, it is a pleasurable act, right? Absolutely. But also, but it, it says something bigger than that. Indeed. And it takes more, and we've talked about this, it takes more preparation. Straight couples just, you know, can have sex willy-nilly. No, Sean is, like, arching back to give <laughs> us some truth right now. No, I, I was recently talking to a baby gay about um, uh, eating guys out, mm. and he was like, I'll never do that. Oh, oh, open your mind and your heart. He is missing out. No, but I... I t- I'm we sorry, just got, I love it. I just got really, really <laughs> mad at him. I'm sorry to whoever this baby gay is. No, but I told him, I was like, I was like, no, when, when you love someone, like, you'll do anything. Oh. I was like, you just haven't been there. But yet. not all the time, and that's what Robin's saying. You but don't have to do it all the time. See, I... Well, 
I want to like cover the microphone completely. Oh, no, no, I feel like eating ass isn't that intimate. Is that you know? I feel like that's like no, not after you shower. You heard it here, <laughs> Cody Gold on eating ass. Not that intimate. Uh, edit this no. out. This has got to go. Got to go. Jane, 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 Jane. <laughs> yes, the comeback reference. Um, I will say honestly, so because like I would do it. To a cutie in a grocery store that I met for the first time. For the right cakes. For the right cakes. I'll take a bite. I agree with that. Especially the wrong (laughs) ones. Especially the wrong cakes. But, so, I've been, like, recently, like, seeing this guy, and it really... I know, right? Do you want to give him a a shout-out? Let's, uh... This won't come out for a few weeks, so maybe not. So, yeah, maybe not. Who knows where I'll be? We'll call him Miranda. Miranda. Yes, let's call him Miranda. And Miranda, it's... It started out purely as just like every eating single ass. time eating out no. all the time, only eating us. Not very intimate. Not, not very intimate at all. But it really was like only fully like every single time I went over is like yeah, sex, 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 sex. And like just recently, we turned the corner to this thing where it's like, oh, we'll like have dinner and like cuddle that's, and, and talk and kiss, and it won't just be about the sex. And it's like that somehow is more intimate well, and more... And, and I think that's a big difference between straight and queer dating. Indeed, right? Yes. And I think that's sort of what Robin's getting at, that like, you know, if you're just like fucking every night, you know, that's a trip to the hospital, and there's something that's not as, I don't know, intimate? Or what word am I trying to look I think for? he is arguing that it is intimate. I was the one who was saying that it was like not necessarily so, but... Because he's saying, like, going to the hospital, like, nobody wants to do that, but that's mm. a sacrifice that he's, like, making because he's in love with whomever or whatever. I, I guess Scotty. What some of our straight listeners might not understand is that he actually means, like, a literal hospital. Yeah, like... Like, he went, like, like literally, like, blow out his ass. Absolutely. Yeah. Anal reconstructive surgery. That's a real thing. Yeah, That's a real thing. We've... All three of us have had it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and also a shout-out to all of our lady listeners out there who are in straight relationships who are practicing anal. I say, go for you, girl. Absolutely. It is 2017. I would love... Direct message me. I would love to discuss <laughs> swap tips and chats. <laughs> and for all the ladies who aren't trying it, give it a whirl. And Scotty was full-grown in the most complete sense of the word. I went home with him four or five nights a week. We'd eat out or sometimes make a steak thing in his little kitchenette. Then he'd want to take off my clothes. He handled me like I was a big, long-legged girl until he was so steamed he couldn't wait. Then it was quick and brutal. Sometimes on my side, often on my hands and knees, and once in a while on my back, seldom more than one a night, but once was enough. I always responded because I loved him and I knew how to make it, no matter how I got it. At the time, I enjoyed it. More than once, I had to drive home sitting on one hip because I was so sore and distended I didn't trust myself to sit straight. In ten days, I was beginning to cringe at every step. Sandy had a fit. She not only didn't like endless evenings alone, but it hurt her as much as it did me when I'd come in unable to stand straight, my body trembling with internal shock. And she didn't have the emotional satisfaction I had. All she had was a big, whimpering baby to bathe and salve and worry about. She lectured me by the hour about what had happened to girls she had known who were three-way hustlers. She threatened me with everything from piles to a nervous twitch and swore I'd wind up wearing a cork if I didn't get away from that horse-hung gorilla. <laughs> a cork. <laughs> literally put a cork in it. Like, he literally, like, wow. That is, that is an image. On my own, I tried to convert Scotty to being kissed off. 
I even told him how he was making me and showed him the obvious physical flaccidity, the undainty, incontrollable distension. His idea of consideration for my physical distress was more lubricant and an every-other-day schedule. Caught between two fires, the one in my heart and the one I sat on, I clung to this lopsided love affair until one night he lacked his usual laughing lust. By this time, his job at the warehouse was finished, so I didn't see him during the day. With all the instincts of a jealous woman, I immediately suspected my open-handed lover of cheating on me. Why can't he be a jealous man? Why does he have to say jealous woman? Mm. Why does he have to like paint that in such a negative... Very valid, very valid. That's true. I just hate... I just, like... I will never... I don't like... I don't like how that is just peppered throughout this whole novel. Mm. At first, I was sympathetic toward his headache, his tired back, and his desire to just lie around and moon. When he made two or three extra trips to the bathroom, I began to think. Like a coy, conniving kitten, I went into his bedroom and took off my clothes. Headache, tired back, and lethargy went out the window instantly. And despite himself, he wanted me. The problem was that his erection came up like a boiled beet. It looked like it had been in a dogfight. It was a beauty of a battle. I screamed and he barked. I accused him of tearing my butt out and deserting my love for cheap oncers out of some gay bar. The names we called each other should have blistered the wall paint. In the melee, he belted me and I scratched him, and we went through the book of epithets. Finally, I went in and put on my clothes. This caused him to start making promises about never doing it again. He was still pleading when I stepped out of his apartment, bearing my wounded love like a flag. I waited three days for him to call the apartment. Each night after work, I looked for his white convertible outside the warehouse. By then, I'd rationalized his infidelity by admitting he was a big, virile darling with a perpetual hard-on. When I had been unable to make love as often as he wanted, it was only natural that he be susceptible to some Wobblebottom's wiles. Wobblebottom! Oh my god, that is literally gonna be my new grinder name. I, I take it, I call it Wobblebottom. Find me. I just hate, I hate this because I'm hating Robin for blaming himself, and I hate it most of all because I do the same thing. Mm. And I just hate that inclination to just, like, you know, be like, oh, like, of course, like, he's just so strong and horny. Of course he would cheat. Like, that's on me for not providing. Exactly. I really I hate surprised. that Robin. <clears throat> I'm surprised. I would have thought Robin would be sort of cool with, like, you know, an open thing. I'm surprised that he's so jealous. But that's the thing about Robin. She got a hard show, but he is still very sensitive. Oh, she is. Yeah. She really is. Yeah. And I thought she'd be okay with, like, you know the open thing but I guess I guess she you know but there's no discussion there, there was no discussion about an open exactly we, I didn't even know they were exclusive TBH but. well Scotty probably didn't think so <laughs> yeah clearly not that's why you gotta communicate y'all DTR mm, absolutely finally I couldn't stand it any longer I went up to his apartment about 9 o'clock imagining that he'd be so emotionally disturbed about our foolish quarrel he'd eat out and get home late oh no if he's fucking somebody else oh. I swear to god the most terrible thing I ever saw answered the door. He was thin and scrawny, and his long blonde hair was hanging in strings around his sugar bowl ears. He was wearing lipstick and eyeshadow, and he had on one of Scotty's robes, which was wrapped around his beanpole body a time and a half. I was in the dark, he was in the light, and I recognized him as a spook who hung around the boulevard with a greasy Mexican stud. Sorry, I said. 
Wrong apartment. Sandy put me to bed and let me cry it out on her never-failing breasts. She never once said, I told you so, or scolded me for being a bullheaded bitch. I guess she thought I was sufficiently skinned up without her help. This is like is his that the first... End? That's the end of oh, And it's his first, like, experience with full-on infidelity. And it just... Anyone who's gone through anything involving infidelity knows but, it just kills. It literally... Ugh. I, I feel it in my chest but right now. I would argue that I don't think it is infidelity. Okay, that's... Okay. I think that Why? this is a classic case which is just as tragic and hurts just as much of someone being invested in a relationship one way and the other person thinking it's just this don't give thing. a fuck. And that's so hurtful. And we've all been there before. And I mean, it. I feel... This is a really interesting chapter. Mm-hmm. To show up and see that side chick, though. Oh, just well, to see it and... Well, because don't... I mean, like, the real arc of the chapter is that he starts out with this kind of new situation with Sandy where they move and then... He's so strong. And then they have mm. a problem and then he has this romantic love of love affair and that fixes the problem with Sandy Mm -hmm. so in a way the chapter is kind of about like the resilience of his relationship with Sandy but it's a return to him being dependent on her yes and she takes care of him again at the end they can't neither one of them can be happy one of them has to be struggling for the other and the other one can only be happy when they're taking care of the other party so it's like this is such an unhealthy relationship which is sort of the definition of a toxic relationship yeah Uh, I just really but you know what, Scotty? That relationship is important. It's well, hopefully, he's learned something. Him. Yeah. Can we acknowledge that completely rancid, like oh. definition of like a power bottom yeah. that they just bean pole, that, like bean pole, stringy blonde hair? I know. Well, see, I do appreciate you know the subtle eyeshadow on the lipstick. I do too. Yeah, that was hot. That um, was hot. And that was hot, y'all. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I feel like, but here's, I think. That goes to, like, the, the whole, like, culture of kink-shaming in our community, especially with people. I think there's a lot of kink-shaming for power bottoms, but people love hooking up with... Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's but, just, like, behind closed doors. Of course. It's the whole Vespa situation. Uh, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I mean when I say no, that? No, you have, to, you have to tell me. When I say Vespa, it's like... Everyone wants one. Everyone wants to admit that they want one. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody loves riding a Vespa, but as long as nobody sees them riding a Vespa. But I mean, like, but he, I don't know if it's a comment on him. It's just, you know, Robin being so hurt that he would have hated anyone that he saw. Oh, that's just like gut, but I just have such a vivid image of that, like, gut bucket answering oh, the door. Yeah. Gut bucket. That is an unbelievable. That wobble bottom. Wobble not, bottom. Not going to forget that phrase. But we all know Scotty. Oh, we do. Oh, yeah. We all dated Scotty, all... and we all have had Scotties go on to date other people. And I still, to this day, I hate every single person that any ex of mine has ever fucked. Oh, truly, yeah. I truly hate them, Jesus. and I never won't. I'm sorry. I really hope neither of you guys have ever fucked an ex of mine. I think I think you'll grow out of that. Girl. I don't think I will. I don't think so either. I don't think. Do you not feel that way? If like a, some or not even ex is such like a whatever to, but someone who I've really cared about, the one person that I ever loved, like. They then went on to date this other person who shall oh. rename nameless. And I have no reason to hate this person. I don't know them that well, whatever. Just the thought of him makes me want to set this apartment on fire. Really, it really does. Wow, I just think it's such wasted energy. But I see your struggle. Oh, but it keeps me going. It, like, that's why, I, like, sometimes Y'all, I go to the Chris gym. Chris is motivated by scoring lovers. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Haters are my motivators. But I don't think that, I mean, again, that's like why I think Robin's use of the term love is problematic here. Mm-hmm. Because Robin didn't love Scotty. No. And he because didn't love he, Scotty. And because he thought that he did, that's why he gets to this emotional place. And I hope that he achieves this, some emotional maturity when it comes to, like, how willingly he is to just share all of himself with each new person that he encounters. And it's like, you can't do that. And I hope that he learns that. I like Robin... Because I do want to kind of stand up for his definition of love a little bit. Um, and I know that this... It hurts him every time. <laughs> but what I what I think is that you kind of forget about it when the next person comes along. Mm-hmm. But then that's not love. It could be. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe... Yeah. No, I do no, want to hear that, I'm, but... You're in between. I'm I in between. I'm, yeah. the, I'm sitting in between you both right now. And I'm always <laughs> back. Right in between in terms of, like, the definition of love and, like... Whether or not he is using yeah. it in a way but that also, I like, subscribe to. Who's to say, I can't, it's not for me to validate someone else's definition of love or mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? Cody, we all have our own. Cody, who's to say what love is? <laughs> also, Cody, that's not love. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but I'm trying, to check, I'm trying to check myself because I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to diminish his experiences because regardless of what I think, that's what he felt. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just hope... I just don't even know where we're going to go in chapter I seven. I know. This is the one chapter where I don't see a clear path forward. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen next. I, we can't... Cody and I can't look into our crystal ball right now no, I, um, and see what will happen. I hope he burrows into his work, and I hope that he becomes more serious about that, and I hope that he has... Here's... If I hope... If I'm wishing for a landscaper for Sandra, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that Robin will encounter a person who is quietly exciting. Mm. When what I mean to say by that is not necessarily like a firecracker like the rest of his hookups have been, but just someone who like is exciting to Robin. Yes. And he like discovers how like peaceful and fun that can be. I love that a Vespa just drove by. <laughs> oh, no, 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 girl. Vespas are going. Vespas are going back and forth. I guess I hope... Well, I want more of his secretary. <laughs> I want some more secretary. Oh, yeah. Come back, Marie. Come back, back Marie. Marie. Um, and I... I I want him to yeah be a little bit more guarded, I guess, with his heart a little bit. I just think I, that that sounds so lame and terrible, but yeah, I, I hate that he keeps getting getting just like stomped on. Here's the thing repeatedly. about the thing about vulnerability is that like when you learn about vulnerability, it's not just learning how to be vulnerable; it's learning when to use that and to use it as like an actual thing and mm-hmm. not everybody deserves your complete vulnerability that's so true but, and I hope yeah. he continues to hate that wobble bottom side pocket side piece dusty ass chick who Jeez. opened the door and I support that because I am there with you Robin I don't know dust to side chicks thank you Beyonce <laughs> I am um, I mean clearly we have to um, move on to chapter seven, and we hope that you all come with us yes. as we hopefully see both Sandy and Robin find some empowerment exactly. and joy. As we continue on this journey together. And um, who knows how many more big-handed darlings we've left to meet. And all the wobble bottoms yet to come. Yeah. <laughs>